What's up, y'all? I hope this works out. This is my first, um, my first official YouTube podcast. I kind of did a video before, and uh, and it didn't really mean anything. You know what I mean? It was just kind of to test the waters, and I'd still like to test the waters some more by having a guest on, but it would be weird to do that because it would be you looking at me and then I would have somewhere in the distance, a voice would be emanating, and that would be from my guest on Skype. You know, but I guess it'll it could work, right? Why, why couldn't it work? It could work. Uh, what's going on, guys? Thank you for tuning in to the very first YouTube episode of Where I Belong. I am your host, David Corbo, with a freshly buzzed head. Mm, check that shit out. Yeah, you know, the other day I was uh, I was having some drinks, and I was like, you know what, man, I want to cut my hair, because my hair was getting kind of long, and I didn't want to go and pay for a haircut. So I said, you know what, I'll just do it myself. And I started to kind of do this little thing where you, you, this is, this it's a fade, it's called a fade. Most of you normal fucking humans know what a fade is. I was trying to do that, but I'm not a barber. So I just fucked everything up. It was all patchy and stupid. So I said, you know what, man? I've got to chop it off. After I went up top and I just gouged a giant section of my hair out, I realized, ah, shit. So I buzzed it all off. I just took a one to it. And the thing about this, right, this little Americano piece and this big D, um, you can't have a buzzed head and take a picture next to an American flag because I felt so racist and I don't even know, you know, what that means. I just took a picture and I looked at the picture and when it was done, I was like, I, I was wearing a lot of denim, denim and buzz cuts and American flags are pre it's pretty much inherently racist. There's not really much, not a good move. Although I still posted the picture because my wife said it was something hot about it, but I think it's kind of in the way that people, there's, there's, there's a, there's a, I'm not saying my wife is part of this. There's a group of women out there that think that Ed Norton as whatever his name was from American History X, they thought that dude was hot. So in that kind of way, I think is what she meant. Ed Norton is a kind of guy that he hasn't really been in any movies lately, has he? Yeah, whatever happened to that guy? He was the Hulk. And then he was absolutely no, and for the Hulk, he was skinny. He was an American, an American history X. He, he was yoked. Drinking a little America beneath, beneath the old American. Yeah, he was yoked, man, for American history X, but he kind of fell off after that, didn't he? He's not really around anymore. Oh, you know what? Yeah, see, I even, the last time I did this video, I realized that the laptop was on the this, and I was sh sh shaking this too much, and and then my sorry Connor and the Red Ranger here because I'm an adult. Anyway, anyway, 
where are we at? I got my little notebook to be prepared. I don't know what episode this is. It might be episode 22. I want to say it's episode 22. But we're going to have to go through a little bit of a process to be able to get this on iTunes and shit. I really hope it works. It's been a rough week. You know, um, I had Emmett Russell on recently from Russell Built at Instagram.com. He made the uh, <clears throat> the grandfather clocks for Rogan and for T-Fat-K. And one day I'd like to just have right there, right in that little space right there, just a giant grandfather clock. I think that would be dope. But uh, I imagine... Emmett charges quite a bit of money for a giant steel, like six plus feet steel grandfather clock that weighs over a hundred pounds. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, that was good. Uh, one day we'll get there. So, but since then it's been a rough week. I was trying to do the master cleanse. I don't know if you guys know what the master cleanse is, but there's all these cleanses, right? There's always like a detoxing thing that people are doing, and I was doing one too because I like to, you know, whatever's hip, whatever's cool, I like to kind of be at the forefront of that, kind of the tip of the spear and cool shit, if you will. And, uh, you know, this is great. This is uh, great, the video aspect, because now you can see the sarcasm on my face. So hopefully nobody takes any of my my shit too seriously. Anyway, yeah, I like to do what's cool, and I like to do that all the time. And one of the things that I saw was cool was a master cleanse where you drink this elaborate liquid concoction. And it's like, <clears throat> you know, one part lemon juice. This is in water. It's one part freshly squeezed lemon juice, one part you know, organic maple syrup, and then however many parts cayenne pepper. And, and until you're, as you're describing, you're like, oh, that sounds good. Okay, that sounds good. And then the cayenne pepper, it's like spicy lemonade, which is never anything that I, I, I just, it's fucking disgusting. It wasn't good. It was bad. But the idea is you drink this drink every day for 10 days along with some tea, and along with, uh, I don't know what else you were supposed to, but you're not supposed to have any solid foods. And the idea is that during this 10-day fast, you're getting all the vitamin and nutrients you need from spicy lemonade, and then you're going to have a big poop, right? So it's called mucoid plaque. I actually learned about this from a Rogan podcast. It kind of briefly touched on it. If you, if you dare Google mucoid plaque it's like m-u-c-o-i-d p-l-a-q-u-e that's how you spell mucoid plaque and it's apparently the old food the old poo that's been clinging to your intestinal and colon walls for like years and the problem with all that poo clinging to your insides is that your body's trying to absorb the nutrients from your food through your intestinal wall. And if your intestinal wall is covered in mucoid plaque, it's having a hard time doing that. So the idea is you get rid of all that, 
suddenly you're a nutritional harvesting machine the way uh, the good Lord above meant for you to run. And it's pretty gross. If you Google it, it's pretty gross. It looks like you shit your colon out. It's terrible. And that was the goal. That's what I wanted more than anything. I was like, I can't wait to get rid of all that old poo. Who knows how long that poo has been inside of me and I can get rid of it. And it was like a little competition between my cousin, cousin Gabe, and uh, and my buddy Nub, who are both previous podcast guests. And um, there were no stakes. It wasn't really much of a competition. There was no, if I win this and if you lose that, there was none of that. But either way, we, we, we did it. We partook. And I guess they don't really listen to this, you know. So your friends never really listen to your podcast uh, because they hear you talk all the fucking time. Why would you want to listen to me talk for another if you don't know me? But I gave up immediately. I was like 20 hours into the fast, and I was like, fuck this. The main problem was I couldn't have coffee. And that's not a – it's a huge bummer. It's a massive bummer. But one of the biggest parts that sucked real bad was that I had this headache. This headache came out of nowhere. My head's just thumping and thumping and – and uh, it just sucks to go through the whole – I'm up at 4 in the morning. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm driving. It's still dark out when I'm driving to work, and I want my fucking coffee, man. I remember listening to Dr. Rhonda Patrick talk about intermittent fasting. Ooh. Oh, that's good. That's a squeaky. That's a, that's a squeaker. I got I to gotta spray that with some WD-40. WD-40. Yeah. Um, I remember Dr. Rhonda Patrick talking about intermittent fasting and her mentioning that when you drink liquids as opposed to drinking solids, <laughs> that as long as it doesn't have – I don't know how to word this. The, the thing you want to avoid is triggering your metabolism. So let's say you're doing – I'll do like a 16-hour fast, sometimes like an 18-hour fast. So I'll start eating at 9 a.m. and I'll stop eating at 4 p.m. So what does that that put me at? Uh, 9 to 12 is 3 hours, but so it's a 7-hour window. So 24 minus 7 is 17. It's a 17-hour fast right in the middle. <clears throat> so 17-hour fast, but I do have coffee in the morning. But my coffee does not have cream in it. Normally, I take my coffee with half and half. And without that half and half, it doesn't trigger your metabolism. Something, something, something. Uh, and so I'm still effectively fasting. So I drink black coffee in the morning is what I'm getting at. Not because I'm like a cool, hardened dude who drinks black coffee. Uh, mainly just for dietary purposes. Which is a bummer because black coffee is simply not as good as coffee with half and half. I don't even have sugar because I am superior to you and uh, having sugar would bring me down to your level and I don't want to be down there. So I abstain. And uh, this master cleanse thing, it didn't allow me to have coffee, which was a, a fucking unacceptable bummer. So I went through the whole work day 
and I quit within the first 20 hours. Now, there is one thing that I derived from this master cleanse, and it is called the morning poo flush, or at least that's what I've begun to call it. And it's, you should try this. I fucking hate this chair. Um, you know what? Hold on a second. Got a stool now. It's much quieter. Anyway, um, what's it talking about? Anybody care to remind me? Pooping. Oh, the morning poo poo cleanse. Uh, if you're listening to this and you want to try something that's gonna make, if you're having trouble pooping, sometimes that happens, right? If I eat too much peanut butter, especially the 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 natural peanut butter with the oil separation, you got to mix it up. It's a bitch. Uh, it certainly ain't skippy, but it's good. And if you're eating Jif, you can go ahead and turn this fucking podcast off right now and kill yourself because Jif is not good. Jif is bad. Skippy is the shit, but it's not really even peanut butter now, is it? It's just a sugary peanut flavored spread oh it's so creamy what was i um so yeah the natural peanut butter backs me up and if you're like me and sometimes you get backed up and you try to poop and it comes out like these little hard pellets you know like stones what you're gonna want to go ahead and do is take four cups or one quart of lukewarm water and you're going to want to add two teaspoons of non-iodized sea salt. Mix that up real good and chug that. And make sure you ain't doing shit for the next mm, two to three hours because let me walk you through the stages here. First, it's the poo that was going to show up anyway, whether it was after the coffee or whatever, whatever. It was going to come down the pipe. That poo comes out. But maybe a little bit like like a little, little hardier than usual. Then, after that poo, comes like a secondary poo that you're a little surprised with. You know, its size, ferocity, and viscosity that is the resistance of fluid to flow viscosity you're welcome bitch um and then it comes about like four to five more poos and you're still surprised with what's happening this is every time you stand up every time you stand up and your your digest my your your intestinal tract gets to align itself and 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 you know shift around based off of its newfound territory that it's gained since you've evacuated your bowels the first two times. After that happens, it, you know, immediately you stand up and then you sit right back down because things have moved. The situation has changed and you got to poop again. And then after a while, you get to this place where you're just peeing out of your butt and it's pretty clear. Um, I did that three days in a row, and it don't do it three days in a row because you're just your butt does not appreciate all the all the 
wiping, the aggressive wiping. You can have, you know, wet wipes and all that stuff. And yeah, sure, that'll work. But at the end of the day, it's just too much wiping. And you shouldn't spend that much time on the toilet anyway. Your legs go dead. You know, I've been on the toilet for so long that when I stood up, I just felt like I was standing on a stump. Like there wasn't, it didn't feel flat to the ground. It felt as if my foot was severely curved like that and that it was just rocking. It just, so it's not good for you to do that. So don't do it three days in a row. I've done it three days in a row. Not a good move. Ugh. Three days in a row is not a good move. Today, I nearly pooed myself, actually, at work. And it was terrifying. Probably happened about three times. Terrifying. Like when your body stiffens up and you're just looking like Gumby and your fists are clenched and you're waddling now with your butt cheeks smashed together. And you're just barely making it. It's been a while since I pooed myself. Been a while since I pooed. When did I poo myself last? Probably I told this story on another podcast that I did. Probably in middle school, which is a little old to be shitting yourself, right? I'll, I'll admit that. Not one of my proudest moments. I had eaten breakfast that morning. This actually changed my life. Which I feel like shitting yourself, you know, in public school will, will change your life. I had eaten breakfast, cereal. That was usually the thing that I was eating. I think it might have been... That Scooby-Doo s'mores cereal. Remember when that came out? Scooby-Doo had his own cereal and it was s'mores flavored and had marshmallows and graham cracker Scooby-Doo heads. Mmm. Goddamn. This actually destroyed my relationship with cereal. Not because I didn't want to eat cereal after that, but because I didn't want to eat breakfast. And it's not really appropriate to eat cereal at any other time. Not to say that I didn't eat cereal any other time. If you're doing it, though, it's probably an unhealthy relationship you have with cereal, which is standing with your arm in the box in the kitchen at three in the morning. And this particular morning, I didn't have enough time to do my morning do. I was rushing for whatever reason. I was rushing around and, and I made it out. And I go to the bus, and as I'm at the bus stop, I fear the, you know, the, the that, that infamous gurgle. I wonder if anybody else out there does. Yeah, probably, right? Everybody else out there has a problem with cereal in the morning, too. But I think it's just the fiber and the dairy. The fiber and the dairy, that's not a good mix, right? So I'm standing at the bus stop, and my stomach's going, blah, blah, blah. There was snow out. Me and my friends were having a snowball fight in the morning at the bus stop waiting for the bus to show up. Bus shows up and I hop on and we get all the way to the back of the bus. And the, there's a problem with being at the back of the bus. And that problem is that you are located where the rear axle is. And I was probably within 
if not directly over the axle, I was within a seat or two. I was right there. Now, the problem with being over the axle is when the bus hits a bump, you get the brunt of it. Because when those tires bounce up in the air and you're right above those tires, you bounce up in the air. And I was on a mission at the time. I was holding those cheeks. And I, I got thrown up in the air. And when I hit the seat again, just. Just a crap souffle, just a. Uh, mud pie of embarrassment. You know, at that time it was, I wasn't even comfortable enough to tell my friends that I farted. It was still that, you know, it just wasn't, I didn't get that bold until later, later years, later years. So I shit my pants and I knew I shit my pants and Luckily, the loudness of the bus kind of, you know, muffled that fart. Just <clears throat> nobody really heard it, but I, I knew it. I knew it was only a matter of time. So it's a short ride to school, but felt like the longest, you know, 15 minutes. Ugh. So slowly but surely, I, I see some kids start to notice. What? But it's not it's not strong enough yet for them to draw full attention to it. They're kind of sniffing the air, but the other kids are so loud with their morning, you know, ritual of just screaming and jumping and that it's still overshadowing them. And then I'm watching it kind of spread, you know, one kid will notice and then now, now I'm trying to watch him and see if anybody is paying attention and nobody's really paying attention to him. It'll be all right. But suddenly two and three more notice. And now I've got my eyes on a few people and I'm trying to see who's getting the most leeway, who's getting the most attention, trying to you know signal their buddy who's being an animal next to him. And, and then, uh, and then you start to hear the whispers like, you smell that? What's that? What's that smell? The sound, the sounds of 20 kids all smelling shit at the same time. And it's you, it's in your pants. You shit yourself. And slowly but surely, they kind of use their senses to triangulate where the smell is coming from. And eventually, it's me and like three other kids who it's got to be. So I decide that I was pretty, you know, at that age, I was pretty smart. Not smart enough to wake up early enough to have a shit. Uh, before I went on the bus, but smart enough that I can kind of try to figure out how to weasel my way out of this. So immediately I'm like, ownership, man, ownership. That's the way that that's what Jordan Peterson said. So take responsibility. I didn't really know Jordan Peterson at the time, but I was, you know, I was ahead of the curve for my age. And so I started laughing hysterically, just, ah. <laughs> And then one of my buddies goes, what are you laughing at, dude? And I go, it was me. I fucking farted. Yeah. And everybody starts howling. It goes over perfectly, actually. Everybody starts howling. And it, for me, it was a pivotal moment because I realized taking ownership of your farts was probably the best thing that you could do if you're afraid of your farts or afraid of how other people are going to receive your farts. 
So I take ownership and I'm laughing and laughing and everybody's laughing with me and it's all good. But I got shat in my pants. And being at the back of the bus, you can kind of get off last. Because as you can imagine, it just, it soaked through. You could see the dark denim. You know, when the denim is one color until it gets wet and then it's a totally new color? That was that color. It looked like I had went swimming but changed my mind really quick. And only dipped my butt in. And so, you know, it gets a little weird because you're kind of wondering, like, wow, Dave, that's a powerful fart. And why hasn't it all gone away yet? But either way, the ride's over. They all get off. And I get off pretty damn close to last. And if I wasn't actually last. But then I've still got to make it through the crowd of kids. I've still got to make it through the doors into the school, through the hallways, to the nurse's office. I don't think I did. I remember getting off the bus and pretty quickly somebody being like, why is your pants wet? And I was like, there's snow outside. And I got hit in the butt with a snowball. I don't know if anybody bought that. Somebody was like, I didn't know snow smelled like shit. Oh, man. But I made it in the school and I made it to the to the nurse's office and I called my mom. I said, Mom, I had I had an accident. You got to come get me. And she didn't come get me. She just brought me new pants and had me change my pants, clean myself up in the nurse's office, and then just go back to school. And I don't really remember how the rest of that day went. I just know that that was about the last time that I shit myself. That was embarrassing. I mean, like I said, farts was embarrassing. Farting around your friends was embarrassing. Took a long time for me to even get over that. That was a big moment, but I always took pride on my ability to be attractive to the opposite sex. And I was always very aware of what to do and what not to do. So I had some success growing up. I had a successful high school career. Uh, with women, with, with girls, they liked me because I knew not to fart around them. You know, that's kind (sighs) of number one. Although there was a type of girl out there that had the, you know, there was an allure that surrounded a man who was willing to fart and laugh about it. That grungy, nasty dude that kind of didn't smell good, but was really charismatic and Chicks kind of were drawn to that dude, too. I've known a couple of those in my life. and So I'm not saying it's the only way, but it's the way I did it. I remember. I remember when I first started talking to my wife. And. In the beginning, 
Now I'm terrible. Now I just I fart around her all the time. I think it's so funny. But in the beginning, we were real, just oh, just constantly clenching. It's hard, man. It's hard in the beginning when you first start talking to a girl and you spend so much of your time just clenching. I don't think I've ever had to fart more in my life than when I was trying to, you know, to talk to a girl and trying to act smooth. Constantly just, oh, oh God, just trying not to fart. Ooh, holding it in, trying to run to another room to fart, trying to go to the bathroom and run the sink to fart. Damn. And it was hard, too, because me and my wife, when we first met, we were real intimate. We were always real close to each other, hugging, sitting next to each other. She'd be sitting on my lap. We'd be laying down watching a movie, just trying to put the moves in, you know, trying to be sexy and put the hand in the right spot, but also just desperately trying to clench that b-hole. Without fail, without fail, every night, especially in the beginning, we'd be holding in those farts all day. And then what happens when, when you go to, when you go to sleep, when you go to sleep, your body finally relaxes, uh, lets everything go. So I'm laying there. Got this beautiful girl in my arms. Successful day. I got some got some kisses. Probably probably did the deed. Probably laid down the pipe. And we're laying there in each other's arms. And then with that first sleepy moment when she finally dozes off. And you feel her head go limp. farted she farted and I'm holding her in my arms what do you do she wakes up she wakes up and she goes I'm sorry and what do I say nothing I just pretend I'm asleep That's the move. You don't embarrass a pretty girl about her farts. <clears throat> you just, you just fucking, you get it. You've been holding your farts in all day too, right? It was my house. I had a bathroom to go to and, and let all the farts go. I had a fan. I'd run the tub, <clears throat> let it out real quick, go to sleep. She wasn't comfortable enough yet. She wasn't ready to go farting in my bathroom. Who knows, man? Who knows if I heard it or, which I did a couple times. She'd be in my bathroom and she'd fart and it'd echo and I'd hear it and just shake my head, you know. Ah, she's only human. None of us are perfect. She woke up, looked at me and said, I'm sorry. And I didn't say nothing. But it didn't stop. It was like the next night she farted on my leg. But then I think on the third or fourth night, because that was the very first night. That was the very first night. That poor girl had been working for all those hours, holding in those farts. 
She was trying so hard that she never even tried to find a sneaky way to let him out. She just tried to champ it up and hold on to that fart all day. But there's no fooling Father Time. There's no fooling the Sandman. Once the Sandman comes over and sprinkles a little bit of that crack dust in your eyes. That's it, man. Your body just lets go. That's it. But yeah, probably on the third night, I think the same thing happened to me. And I think I woke up and I said, did you hear that? Because I was in shock when I woke up. My fart woke me up just like it woke her up, just like her fart woke her up. You ever have a dog when they fart, they were laying down, sleeping, and all of a sudden they go, and they'd sniff their butt? I used to have a Rottweiler that would do that all the time. So, you know, same thing happened to me. What can you do? What can you do? But I think in the beginning it is important. Hold that fart in. Don't be sloppy. Don't be a sloppy guy and, you know, try a fucking little bit. That's how I had success. I had success. I had I had some success I didn't want to have. You know, I was such an unbelievable female magnet. I found myself behind a quick check one day. And I don't know how old I was. If it was a quick check, I was probably like 12. My spine. I was probably like 12 years old. And me and some friends are behind Quick Check, and we're doing kung fu. We're punching panels out of the out of the, the picket fence in the back. I showed my friends that if you use your palms, your palms are fucking indestructible. You can you can palm panels right out of the fence. And we're back there just just busting panels. And one thing led to another, and this girl comes over. She likes the way we're busting panels, and she's older than us. Maybe like 17, 18 years old. And one of my friends starts talking about lap dances. And he's older than us, too. Somewhere in the middle, maybe like 15. And he starts talking about lap dances. I don't even really know what a lap dance is at 12 years old. I was, you know, pretty innocent kid. I mean, I had palms of steel and, you know, like I said, I was a lady magnet. But I didn't know what a lap dance was. And so... Good old Susie. I'm not even lying. That's her fucking name. Susie. Or Susan, but that's what you call her. Was Susie, right? She starts giving us a lap dance. Now, I'm sat Indian style on the concrete with my back up against the wall that is Quick Check, the building. And she's bent all the way back here. 
and she's doing the, you know, gyrating the old puss in my face. And she's got these real thin pajama pants on, and I can see all everything that's going on in there because it's a beautiful day and the sunlight's coming through. And, and then she does it to my buddy sitting next to me. That girl was messed up. She was part of a, a group of friends, a trio. Trio of ugly bitches. And one of them showed me what a queef was before I knew what a queef was. Same age, got to be 11, 12 years old. I'm sitting on the floor with my back up against the sofa, the front of a sofa, and she's sitting on the sofa. And my back's to her. She's got one leg on one side of me and the other leg on the other side. You know, as if her knees were like some armrests. And all of a sudden, she starts moving her legs back and forth like her knees back and forth. And going. <laughs> right on my head. Right behind my head. Just pussy farts. I left. I got up. I left. I thought that was disrespectful. I didn't know what had happened. I was right on the edge of this really fucked up white trash group when I was a kid. You know, I lived in a predominantly black neighborhood, but, you know, there was these little pockets of fucked up white people. And one of the dudes from that fucking group of fucked up white people offered me, man, once again, I had to be like 13. I left there when I was 15. So I'd be like 13 or 14 years old. This dude is older than me. And he comes up to me and he's got, you know, he's just talking to me. Hey, Dave, what's going on, man? It's all normal shit, right? And, you know, one thing leads to another. And he pulls out this fat knot. It's got a knot, just a just a bundle, just a big old cylinder of bills. He's wrapped up in a rubber band, and there's like a 50 on the outside. Who knows what was inside, but it's a knot. You know what I mean? It was, it was just, just like this beer can, just fucking – and he's showing me the knot, and he goes, catch, and he throws it, and I catch it, and it feels heavy. I'm like, whoa, and I'm looking at it, and he takes it back. And he goes, I'll give you this knot if you let me suck your dick. I'm fucking 13 years old, and I'm super scared. Super scared. So I was like, nah. I thought about how much was in that knot. I said, you know what? It's probably singles in the middle of that knot. Nah. And next thing you know, he reaches down and pantses me in the middle of the kind of this parking lot. This uh, the parks. It was a, a local park that we hung out at, and he pantses me in this park. And uh, I fell to the ground about as quick as my pants did. And I remember like falling and landed on the curb and everything, oh my, everything's out, my junk is out. 
and I'm just, oh, mm, everything's all squished together. My knees are squished together. I'm all in the fetal position just trying to rip my pants up. Then I get my pants up, and he's just laughing, and I just run. Just ran. Just ran as fast as I could. and got all the way home. I don't know what happened. If I told anybody or, you know, but I was always in some sort of just a bad situation as a kid. You know, I, I remember the first time I danced with uh, that white girl. They call her, uh, they call her, they call her, they, they call it the white girl. I was treating my nose when I was maybe 18 years old on my 18th birthday. But before I did any of that, this is why I did it. I didn't have any intentions of, uh, of partaking. I didn't even know it was an option. I knew what cocaine was, but I didn't know that it was an option this night. I was just at a party, my party. It was my birthday, and I was with some old trashy woman. It's kind of weird. Why was I there? I used to work with her. When I worked at a restaurant, one of my first gigs, she was the bartender at that restaurant. And... I had found out that she lived near a bunch of my friends. She was very into talking to me and my cousin. In hindsight, there's a bunch of red flags about that, but at the time I did not did not recognize those red flags. So she seems cool. She's old and she says fuck and she'll get you liquor. I had worked there when I was 17 years old, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I worked there when I was 17, and this thing happened when I turned 18. So I was drinking in that reputable chain restaurant at 17 years old because the bartender would give us drinks, me and my cousin. So she was cool. And one day, I introduce her to my friends, and we start hanging over there on the regular my birthday rolls around and we decide, hey, let's 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 have the birthday party over this little. She looked like a troll. You know, she was maybe four foot two, just just covered in warts and crazy looking. And she had a daughter that she was always trying to pawn off to us. But the daughter was really nerdy and insecure, and I didn't think that it was a cool move. I didn't ever wanted to there was a couple things. Like I was the type of guy who this is a hundred percent true I would if I had sex with a girl I would date her because I felt bad because I was always made so aware of that stereotype of a dude that bangs you and then never calls you you know so I never did that and she was always trying to this lady was always trying to pawn her daughter off on me and I never wanted it because her daughter was clearly like shy and insecure and she was like a kind of a pretty girl a little bit, you know, not not the worst, not the best, you know, nothing against her. But I just looked at her and I said, well, if I fuck you, then I'm going to have to date you. And I don't want to date you because you're not really fun. So I just never did anything with her. And um, she was young. You know, we were all young. 17 years old. I'm sure she's a, a fine girl now, a fine person, but 
she was always trying to pawn me off on her door, pawn her daughter off on me. So one day we're there and we're all drinking and, and having a good time and we're shit faced. I mean, she bought a couple of 30 packs. We blew through them. And at one point I am looking at my cousin, cousin Gabe, good old cousin Gabe. He's on his hands and knees in the grass with his ass in the air, just like a cat with a hairball, just puking in the grass. And everybody's laughing because we're pieces of shit. And this lady comes up to me and she goes, hey, you had to use the bathroom, right? Yeah, yeah, I had to use the bathroom. I'm fucking drinking. I got to piss. Sure, yeah, sure. She goes, let me show you where it is. So, so she takes me through the house. Her husband's on the sofa. And he's just not, doesn't give a shit that I'm in the house, doesn't give a shit about anything. He's just watching TV. He knows there's a bunch of 18, 17-year-olds drinking and puking in his backyard. He doesn't give a shit. Doesn't know any of us. And she opens the door. She says, there it is. Go, okay, cool. So I walk into the bathroom, and I'm starting to undo my pants, and I realize she's in the bathroom with me. And she goes, uh, she goes, whip it out. It's not like I've never seen one before. And, you know, kids are stupid. I think it's just, it's just so weird. When, you, when you're put on the spot, you think you're going to do one thing. When you really, you end up doing something different. So I went ahead and pulled it out. And I start trying to pee. And I can't pee. Because she's right there. She's watching me. But I realize she's on the counter chopping up cocaine. And I'm relieved. I don't think I'd ever been in the – I had never been around cocaine at that time. But I'm so relieved that she's cutting up coke. So I go, that's what this is about. And I put my dick away. And I walk straight over to the Coke and just start doing it. Because to me, it was an escape from whatever the fuck was about to happen with this old troll woman. And she didn't suck my dick. I know that's what you guys are wondering. I did the Coke. I left the bathroom. Next thing you know, she called us all upstairs. And she's surrounded by... 17, 18-year-olds, probably like more than 10 of us, and we're all just doing coke. What I had not known is that a bunch of my friends had pitched in behind the scenes and not told me, and it was supposed to be this kind of a celebratory Dave's birthday thing. So there was quite a bit, and next thing you know, you know, we know, I know, you know, we're all in this bedroom together with this old woman, and we're all blowing lines off of her furniture. As a kid, you get caught in weird, weird things, weird places, weird, weird shit. 
But if you didn't, are you any fun? Doubt it. Uh, all right. That's it, man. I just wanted to share some stories with you. I just wanted to go through this. Check my shirt out real quick. Big shout out to uh, to Nathan. Nathan Baird of Drawn from the Mind on Instagram. Got this dope-ass shirt uh, from him. He's actually part of a, a group right now called... I'll tell you what it's called right now, actually. Comedy Content Collectives. Collective. And what they've done, Nathan Baird of Drawn from the Mind and several other people, like uh, I believe probably Photoshopped as fuck is in there. Uh, Chase Lepard is probably in there. Um... Just another iPhone is probably in there. Shout out to all those guys. They have decided to make this group because they all make dope-ass artwork for other big podcasts like Rogan or The Fighter and the Kid or Joey Diaz of The Church of What's Happening Now or uh, Your Mom's House podcast. They, 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 and they all make hilarious shit using Photoshop and a bunch of other stuff. And So they have been friends for a while, and they've decided – to join forces and make this uh, comedic art conglomeration. And uh, I think it's going to be a big thing. I think these guys are going to kind of corner the market of, uh, of comedy artwork, you know, because they do get noticed. A lot. I mean, you know, that's actually Brendan Schaub as a chicken from a balut egg. I don't know if, if balut is chicken. No, it's like a Vietnamese delicacy of uh, fetus, chicken fetus. But yeah, so big shout out to Drawn from the Mind. And uh, yeah, man, so that's it. I just kind of wanted to show off the lab and it's not much on your end, but there's other shit going on in here. But I think, you know, it's kind of cool. It's not so bad. So I'm going to try to do all of my podcasts from now on on YouTube. So you'll be able to see it on YouTube and you'll be able to listen to it on iTunes as well, because I think not to bore you with the technicalities, but it should be as simple as converting this link to an MP3 file and then sending myself that MP3 file so that I can upload it to iTunes and all that other shit. So it really shouldn't be too much of a speed bump. Shouldn't be too much of a speed bump. And I should be able to make this work pretty well. So once again, thank you guys for tuning into Where I Belong. I am your host, David Corbo. Um, if you haven't already, please subscribe on whatever platform it is that you listen on. If it's iTunes or if it's YouTube, um, you know, upvote. Not upvote. What am I? Fucking grandpa. That's Reddit. Um, rate. Rate it, give it a rating, leave a review. All that stuff helps me out. One day I'd like to get some sponsors on this here uh, show. So that way I can get some money, I can afford better equipment, and you know, just do bigger and better things. All right, so thank you guys for listening. I love you, and I will see you later on this week. Got some cool shit going on. All right? Peace. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, fucking end it.